Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. What's up, everybody? I'm John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. What's up, everybody? How you doing, John? I'm doing all right, buddy. How are you doing? I am excellent. We um, just threw back a shot of tequila. Oh, yeah, we did. I feel the hair growing on my <laughs> chest. Just uh, sprouting. It's excellent. So, since we've recorded, right. I've done a little, bit of, a little bit more research, a little bit more looking around. Okay. I want to tell you something that I found out. Because I, I tracked down the original, I guess, screenplay to the film. Ooh, I'm intrigued. Because um, we had been talking about when... Webster had Al trussed up in the bottom of the toll booth and like we were debating did he live or did he kill him right and I I, I went to the script to see like oh maybe it sheds some light so in the script uh, Webster comes to Al at Al's house and has got Al and his wife hostage okay and it turns out that the woman that Vincent was banging in the very first scene that we saw him was Al's wife. What? That's freaking weird. God, that what a very complex screenplay. I mean, I guess it's not super complex. It would make sense, but man, it would it would very it would very much sour the relationship between. So it seems like Al and Vincent. It's it, it, it. You really it makes Vincent that much more hard to to like. Yeah, but then it, I guess it would also, like, if, if Al was somehow on the up and up about, like, what was, like, if he was wise to what was in the back of that caddy, if it was, like, yeah. a special order, mm. and he was, like, trying to fix it so oh. that Vincent took it as, oh. like, a, as like payback for Bone and his wife. I do think, it seemed like in the screenplay, he sort of gave up Vincent because he had sort of figured out that Vincent was betting his wife right so that's what happened and in the screenplay he left them alive uh, right. webster left both uh al and wife living so for whatever it's worth i like i like the thought of a world where al is still alive <laughs> and still and still Same. working still working at the parking deck at lax <laughs> <laughs> another another uh thing i've been thinking about yeah so vincent when when Julius showed up at Vincent's office and saved him from the claim. Right. And then we we thought he might ditch him again, but he took him with him. And we're like, oh, okay, he's taking him with him. Right. But he knew he was going straight to steal a car. Yeah. So, like, he just took this dude to make him an accomplice, an accessory. Like, 
and it takes a little bit of the the niceness of the moment away because I feel like he just needed someone else to drive his car. Yeah. Back. <laughs> like it wasn't so much that he loved Julius all of a sudden. It was no. like, you know what? I'm gonna go steal this car. This guy could come in handy. He, he knows his, he's he's good with his hands. Yeah. He can I, fight. Definitely. Yeah. I definitely. It's shady. Think that, that, well, I mean, it's. <laughs> The thing that you immediately take from the character of Vincent is that he knows all the angles, or he thinks he knows all the angles. He's a, a mover to a head at all times. Yeah, so he's like, he's looking at Julius and being like, you know what? He's sort of oblivious. Seems like a nice enough guy. I can definitely trust him at this point because he can <laughs> whip an ass in my name. Yes, he can help me steal this car uh, in some fashion. Also, just, I gotta say, why is Vincent slash DeVito so fucking New Yorky or New Jersey? <laughs> that's that's also a great just, question. I mean, is that just me, or does Devito read that way to you always? He, is, he, does he have an accent? He always, well, especially in this, he, I think that he always comes across as a little bit like a New York Italian. I looked him up. He is from he's from New Jersey. He's from like Asbury yeah. Park. Okay, on the shore. Oh, that's um, my friend Scott's from Asbury Park. Yeah. So, but I, just to me, I don't know if he even has an accent. He just seems like a New Yorky dude. I think that it's probably. Are there dudes like in California that are like that who have been in California their whole life? I don't know, but I think it's probably a conscious choice because it makes him sound more streetwise. Yeah. It makes him sound like, huh. oh my gosh, he's sort of slippery, sort of. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just some things I've been thinking about since the last time we recorded. I like that. I guess we should probably get caught up on like what happened in the last. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Bring us up to speed. The last time that we talked, reunited fraternal twins Julius and Vincent um, were getting reacquainted. Julius decided he was going to light out for a, a two-way marathon to find <laughs> one of their lab dads, yeah. who tells him about Traven, one of the scientists that was on the project, who can give them more info about their background it's and like maybe Werner's their mom. counterpart or yeah. something. In he's in Los Alamos. Um, meanwhile, Vincent, as he's tooling around town for whatever unknown reason in that Cadillac, finds a strange contraption in the trunk and a recording saying that he should take the car to a Mr. Beetroot McKinley in Houston. When he calls this guy, he agrees to deliver the car for $5 million. As Vincent's about to blow town, Julius, Marnie, and Linda all show up at the house. <laughs> and... A fun road trip ensues. Yeah. And uh, they reach Santa Fe, where Julius and Vincent roll up into Los Alamos and visit with Traven. And uh, the story's about to just pick up. That's absolutely right. Uh, so Traven takes them down to the basement laboratory that we saw in the very, very opening of the film. Doesn't it kind of, it's sort of re reminiscent of the basement at the end of Commando? It's like, I, again, it's like again, I just wish they'd, uh, it all happened in the same universe. I w I've also been thinking about that, your theory that Matrix could be like another clone of Julius. I love what that. If, I love the thought of like, what if every short, like what if Dutch from Predator was also a clone? Oh like he's all God. these sort of like elite military Schwarzeneggers. What if they were all in one universe and they were clones? Kevin, this is a screenplay that's just dying to be written. <laughs> I love that shit. It really is, though. It's like where all of these people existed in the same universe. The technology it, exists to put them all on screen at the same time. We have to. <laughs> dude, that's a movie that's like, <laughs> that shit would make a billion dollars. I would love it, dude. I would love all it. All right, we'll get, that's after this episode. Okay. We're going to write that screenplay. So, Traven basically tells him the lab's been sealed since the day after they were born. 
Okay. Well, like it, it's pretty clean in there, so at yeah. least they cleaned hey, up the at mess. Least they wiped it down. <laughs> we'll put some Lysol on that. Um, so, another question then that came up. So, Vincent was born here in this lab in a basement mm-hmm. in New Mexico. Why? How did he wind up in an orphanage in Los Angeles, like the same town where his biological mom was also living? I just... Yeah, again, it just, why would they not put him in a New Mexico orphanage? It all seems or to me. It would seem, yeah, I don't know. It's like a New Mexico orphanage would be kind of great, but yeah, it's like there's something there's something that wasn't explored. At least it wasn't explored in the movie, but I think maybe it was thought about in the writing process. I wonder if like, they were if, like we want yeah. to drop him off in a in a terrible environment where we and just observe, but then they yeah. forgot to observe. I found myself wondering if, like, perhaps Werner took Julius and Traven took Vincent and Traven, after, you know, six months, is like, fuck this. Fuck this. <laughs> I'm dumping this kid. I, but I still don't know why it would be. Let me take him to the town where his mother lives and dump I, him there. Maybe, may, I don't know, because I, yeah, just, I don't. It doesn't don't make a lot of any sense. any idea. I don't have any clue. Okay. Well, <laughs> this uh, this old laboratory is filled with a bunch of antiquated, like, medical equipment. Pristinely clean medical Like, glass IV bottles yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Traven says, you know, Julius was born first. We weren't expecting you. I love you, like, motion over his shoulder. We weren't expecting that him. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Again, how could they not know that she was carrying twins? I don't know. The greatest medical minds of the time would have known. So I did, I, I looked around a little bit. Ultrasound wasn't invented until 1956 so it wasn't around okay but from my research it does seem as though it should have been something that they it was possible to know yeah like it for it to have been i mean it did come as a surprise sometimes back then but this would have been like the most closely studied pregnancy in the history of the world to think that there wouldn't have at least been the best trained midwife on the planet uh-huh. there to feel and be like, yeah, oh yeah, there are two babies well, in there. They would be able to they even in that day they would hear two heartbeats, yeah. two different heartbeats, yeah. or they would take X rays and you would see two fetuses in there. Two skeletons. It's just yeah. <laughs> also, I guess Marianne was unconscious during the delivery because she doesn't seem to know there were two. That's a great point. Maybe they put her under and it was a C section. I don't know, but. But That's an interesting thought. They she doesn't have seem to have her. been they awake would, for the delivery. They wouldn't have wanted her to be awake for the delivery. They would not have? No. So then they could tell her anything they wanted? Yeah. Do you think exactly. they were always planning to tell her that the kid died? Yeah, which is, again, it's like, why? Just for the sake of the, like, what was the point? Well, they wanted to raise the kids. They didn't want her raising the kid, I guess. Because, because attachment to... What a mother! Well, they just wanted full control. It's so weird. It becomes more diabolical the more we talk about it. It's like these scientists were ruthless. Yeah, it's it's a ruthless, ruthless plot. So, uh, Vincent's looking around. You know, he goes up to whatever that device is. He's like, I guess this is where you made the milkshake. Uh, Trayvon absolutely jumps on his ass. We weren't making a milkshake. We were making the most fully developed human the world has ever seen. And then Vincent is like, looking Mr. Brightside, you know, he says, instead of one perfect kid, mom had the two of us. Way to go, mom. <laughs> and again, Traven, just brutal, wrong. <laughs> the embryo yeah. did split in two, but it didn't split equally. All of the purity and the strength went into Julius. And all the crap that was left over 
went into what you see in the mirror every morning. All right, well, let's just pause. Let's hit the pause button right there. <laughs> There's no way that they could know that things like strength or purity went into a child. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, they could maybe... I don't even know how advanced genetic study was back then, like to look at how much of the qualities of the dads. Are we, are you, are we just talking about genetic purity and strength? Like I his don't know, genes man. Were very <laughs> it's, strong. It's pretty. This is the blonde-haired, blue-eyed one. So it's, it's so fucked up. It's so wild. Um, also, the words he's using are all wrong. Like yeah. I did research. So the stages of pregnancy are first: the fertilized egg is a zygote. Then it becomes an embryo later. Then it becomes a fetus. I don't know exactly how it works. But what I do know is that an embryo can't split. Right. A zygote, a zygote can split. But yeah. if a zygote splits, then it's going to be identical twins. Right. If uh, to have fraternal twins, am I saying that right? Fraternal yeah, is fraternal. non-identical. Yep. Then it's two different eggs and two different sperms. Right. So there'd be two zygotes not one that split. I don't... These guys should, are morons. He should know this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know how that happens, except that it was written by someone who didn't I was gonna say, do it's the bad, research. It's bad writing. <laughs> you know, I mean, we get the point, I guess, but... Yeah. Or, or, do, you, or do you think that, that, like, him saying the zygote sounds less impressive on... Like, it sounds less... People are like, what's a zygote? What the fuck's a zygote? <laughs> That's true. And I can see that. I can people see that. Like, huh? I can see it. Yeah, I people know it. what an embryo is. But it's beyond harsh. Yeah. Beyond harsh. Vincent is understandably... He's, like, hurt by this. Yeah. He wants to hear more. Yeah, like, he's a glutton for punishment. He's like, I'm a side effect? You're telling me I'm the leftover crap? I'm the leftover crap that I'm no good? Oh, it's so sad. Yeah, Traven tells him, again, Traven, heartless. He's like, you're not smart enough to understand this, and I don't have the time to explain and it. And I'm just wondering, like, from a purely um, clinical standpoint, that a lot of technically-minded people, like doctors and stuff, they only think in terms of, this is the dictionary definition. This is the medical definition. Yeah. And it, it would never occur to someone like Traven to have a bedside manner, perhaps. Well, I so I was also thinking, yeah, because I can't understand how he's this cold-blooded. Like, yeah. he's got no remorse. He doesn't feel bad about putting Vincent in an orphanage or anything. It doesn't seem. But um, how would he know he's not smart enough? Yeah, he doesn't know. He yeah. dumped him as a—he couldn't even speak yet. We, yeah. we feel— do you think he's bitter because, like, Werner got to go off and work with Julius and he got stuck with Vincent or nothing at all? Or Werner got all that Nazi gold to fund the project? I like, don't know. He's like, just like yeah. I'm stuck here in the basement and Werner's <laughs> off on, in Fiji or whatever. I'm, so, I'm stuck in the desert in the U.S. and Werner <laughs> gets to go to Fiji. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why he's so bitter and hateful toward... But Because did he... He seems to he, hate is he, Vincent. Is he mad yeah. because he ruined the experiment because he was a flaw ah, in the experiment. I bet perhaps? you that's it. He's like, yeah, that's my guess is that somehow Vincent was like a, he, he gummed up the works. Like you weren't supposed to happen and you fucked up what we were working to achieve. Maybe it was like, maybe that's what happened is there are two twins. Oh shit. We got to pull the plug on this whole thing. Yeah, another thing is like, had he made a bet with someone that the embryo or zygote wouldn't <laughs> split and he lost and he was fucking pissed. It maybe cost him like a year's bitter the rest of his shit. life. I don't even know. But Traven goes to leave. Julius grabs him by the lapels. Hey, <laughs> dickhead, tell us where our mother is. I love it. 
Yeah, he's like, I love that the, the actor playing Trayvon gives a like, like so freaked out that he's like, it takes him a, like a second to like, he has to shake himself into consciousness mm-hmm. to remember where he's like, uh, Whispering Pines, it's an artist colony north of Santa Fe. I think about someone the size of Schwarzenegger grabbing you would be uh, scary. Especially if you're Trayvon size, who's not much bigger than DeVito. <laughs> no. Maybe Trayvon mixed a little bit of himself I, in the, in I, the milkshake. Well, that's the thing is that I remember, I remember as a kid watching this movie and thinking that there were similarities between yeah. uh, between Schwarzenegger and Granger, Schwarzenegger and Werner, you know, like, like the tall German. And that, yeah. And that then there were similarities between Traven and DeVito. <laughs> and it made me wonder, even as a kid, I was like, is he like, like, why is he so mad? But it's like, but they were the ones that resembled each other. Yeah. And I was like, maybe he's bitter. He's got like that complex of, whatever yeah it's like, i i feel inferior so yeah. someone who's physically similar to me is inferior yeah i don't know man. it's interesting um yeah so anyway whispering pines north of santa fe yeah he tells them she's a whispering pines it's an artist colony julius says if you're lying to me i'll be back naturally that's uh that's what you say so schwarzenegger has said some variation of that line in all five of the terminator movies he's been in yep and also in 10 other movies that he's done like including this one uh, every movie some variation it's yeah. like uh yeah you gotta work that in john <laughs> i'll be waiting john <laughs> um vincent you know completely understandably is just destroyed by this revelation can you imagine walking into a room with a stranger that you'd never met that was just no. like, you're an accident and you're a worthless <laughs> you're, piece of shit. And you're, you're not smart, yeah. you're not even worth me explaining to you why you're worthless. It's unbelievable. So <laughs> Julius guides him out of the room. Yeah. Because he's like in a daze. So now they're out in the parking lot. Vincent has regained the ability to speak. Um, he just says, my life just got flushed down the toilet. I'm genetic garbage. Uh. It's like... Imagine that. Like, I feel like most people have been at that point at one point in their life where you just feel like your life got flushed down the toilet. And it's fucking rough. Yeah. Or or like you're you live with an imposter syndrome where you're just like, God, I I suck. There I can't do anything right, but then just but then to be flat out told You're worthless. You're not even meant to be alive. Yeah, it's bizarre. And like, you're the crap that's left over from a good person. You're the dryer lint, my friend. <laughs> Julius, he tries to uplift him. He says that they're we're twins. We're basically the same. Aww. He's really I trying love hard. Julius. Vincent points out, you know, we don't look the same. We don't act the same. We don't talk the same. We don't dress the same. And Julius is like, I know. He's like, so if we're so, if we're so much the same, how come we're so goddamn different? It's a good point. It's a great point. Um, and Julius, Julius is full of that very, wisdom. Very pragmatic here. He says, We're, we had six dads. It's like a lot of different parts from a lot of different people. I like that Vincent seems to at least consider this idea. And he, he points out, as we mentioned, like, I was raised on an island where I was loved and cared for and nurtured. And you were all you, yeah, you, you didn't alone. have any of that. Like, yeah. you were on your own. And all you could learn was that you couldn't depend on anybody but yourself. That's like the nature versus nurture storyline that they didn't really mess with as much as they could have. I feel like any any plot hole that this movie has could have been could have been fixed 
by that. But I wonder if they thought that it would make the scientists seem too cold-blooded and Nazi-ish if they were like, we're going to do an experiment. Well, I also wonder if earlier versions of the story, like if the twins were more identical and then then the yeah. storyline is like, then it's a nature versus nurture story that the guy with the good upbringing has the good life. It's like uh, it's like us, the, um, the Jordan Peele yeah. movie where it's yeah. like, if we swapped out as kids, I could be the... I could have been one that's the one got that my shit together, life. and yeah. you're like the the jailbird or whatever. I love I love the little bit of of dialogue here. It's like you see Vincent, you're the missing part of my life, and I'm the missing part of your life. And when we find Mama, we can feel the missing part of hers. We won't be alone anymore. We can be a family. <laughs> it's so sweet. It's so it's so sweet. <laughs> and, uh, that inspires Vincent, who goes like full Oscar mode. He's like, he like with a Christmas tree. <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner, and he's like, mm. "Yeah, all, I, all the fun family stuff that he's probably never had his whole life." Oh, it's great. They had, yeah, that moment together is very, very awesome. So, I found myself as I was watching this scene, and as Schwarzenegger's playing it out in the "Born to Be Bad" T-shirt, like I was just wondering how many of those T-shirts they must have had on set. Probably a shit ton. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't think we ever talked about this. Um, that the plan B for this movie. Was basically if Schwarzenegger and DeVito passed on this, then it was going to be Hulk Hogan and Christopher Lloyd playing the parts in this movie. Like that was if what if Schwarzenegger and DeVito had wanted to go do Suburban Commando. So yeah, we talked about this before. So that and that was the trade-off, right? It was like one. It was which one of these do you guys want to do, and the other, whichever one you don't want to do, is going to be Hulk Hogan and Christopher Lloyd. And I just, I can't uh, imagine Hulk Hogan trying to play this scene. I can't either, at all. I can't, I've never seen him show any type of range. I mean, I haven't seen all of his movies or whatever, but I've never seen him play anything other than a one note like Thunder Lips from Rocky Three. Same. <laughs> I just can't imagine him, like, consoling someone. No. I don't know. Not it was in just any believable weird. fashion. Yeah. Also, it's just weird the way Hollywood works out. Like, I wonder if this movie would have been garbage and Suburban Commando would have been really good, you know, because of the casting and if they had the right director and, you know, writers come in and rewrite it or however that shit works. I think Suburban Commando didn't come out for a couple years later. It's like weird how this one got fast tracked because of who was attached and the other one goes on the shelf for a while until all the pieces come together or whatever. It, it's bizarre. But I, I remember going to see and being excited to see Suburban Commando. And then I was just like, oh, I don't know that I've ever movie, seen it. Movie kind of sucks. Even as a kid. <laughs> Probably but, more than kind of now. Well, now I can think about it sucking. I think at the time I was like, well, it's fine because it's, we, were you because we got it at Blockbuster on Friday night and okay. we ordered Domino's and everything fucks on a Friday night. When you got <laughs> we got Domino's pizza, man. Movie. It doesn't yeah. matter. Hell yeah. Uh, that's awesome, dude. Um, so now, cut to, we're back in the Santa Fe, like, it seems like the historic district. Yeah, what a great town. Um, Vincent's taking Julius to get some new clothes before they go to find Marianne. Yeah, I love that. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to introduce you to my mother looking like a goat herder from Albania. <laughs> He's like, I feel fine the way I am. It's like, yeah, but you look like a, <laughs> like, the, the, cl- the clerk comes up. I wonder what the rest of that was gonna yeah. be. Um, why did the saleswoman just come straight to Vincent and talk directly to Vincent, not like to both of them? It was like, yeah. oh, excuse me, can I help you with something? Like, no one it's, knows. It's odd. Um, maybe she could tell he's in charge. Yeah, he looks in charge. Now, yes. this is probably like the iconic image from the film. They come walking out in their matching suits. 
I was talking to um, like right out in front of the cathedral. Yeah, I was talking to a woman the other day. She couldn't remember if she'd seen this movie or not, but she remembered the matching suits. Yep. She's like, "That's they were wearing the matching suits." And I'm like, "Yeah." So that's that tells you that that moment is like larger than the movie. Perhaps. Yeah. Everyone everyone remembers from the movie trailer at least seeing yeah. the two of them <laughs> walking and slinging their jackets over. Right. When Schwarzenegger slings it over the top of uh, Devito's yeah, head. Exactly. Beautiful. Now, Vincent's telling him, you got to loosen up a little bit. You know, the way you walk. You ever seen Frankenstein? He's like, I, I read, read the, the book. I read the, like, well, you know, that's not going to help us. <laughs> he tells him, he's, you know, walk like you're moving to music. He's like, oh, I like that. He gets loose. It's just weird. Did you notice just like the sheer volume of personage, just crowds, just hundreds of people walking aimlessly back and forth yeah. behind them? I wonder if it's ever that crowded. Maybe I'm, sure, a I'm sure it is or something. in the summertime, but it's like still just the sheer number of people walking backwards and forwards yeah. behind in either direction. I was just like, this is distracting. Why is no one walking to the sidewalk? Like on I the don't sidewalk? Know. I they know. had the road closed or something, it seemed yeah, like. Sure. Yeah, um, But, man, DeVito and Schwarzenegger are so good together. They are. They're, they really it's are. It's a beautiful thing. Now, back at the motel... We got Vincent is singing the, the Tonight's Your Night Bro song. Tonight is your night, bro. It's your night, bro. Tonight is your night, bro. Is that a real song? Or is that I, just made I up? I think he was He's riffing? Just, yeah, I think he was just ad-libbing the whole thing. That's amazing. Um, Tonight you're going to get a hooner. It's <laughs> weird that they're changing back into the same clothes they were wearing earlier, but I guess they freshened up. And I, Yeah, that was my assumption, too, okay. is that they, they <laughs> took off their clothes. They probably went and ate dinner. Okay. Now, they're preparing to meet the girls for a double date. Uh, Julius is telling Vincent that all the singing's making him nervous. You're making me nervous. <laughs> it's like, I've never been on a date before. I don't know what to do. It's like, I feel that way. That's me before any date. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to Absolutely. do. <laughs> I, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, Vincent says it's easy. You know, you just talk to her, buy her drinks, dance with her. Julius reveals he's never danced with someone before either yeah it's interesting to think about it what 35 year old like, yeah they talk about you know earlier when he's like a 230 pound virgin you know, i was thinking like a 35 year old virgin that's like pressure the only woman he's ever been around is that lady in the moo moo <laughs> moo lady she didn't <laughs> teach him the ropes no um but uh vincent offers to give him some pointers on how to teach him how to slow dance teach him a little waltz it's like a great comedy scene i, I want to know like where does Vincent take women that he's waltzing with them? <laughs> I do. I love all the lines are funny. He's like, grab my hand here. And he's like, ah, he's like squeezing real. He's like, let the blood flow through the fingers. I also, I also like when he says, when I romance a girl, I waltz with her. And, and Schwarzenegger, who says like Strauss, <laughs> which that's a pretty decent joke as Arnold is Austrian and Johann Strauss Jr. was the waltz king. And like that's the, were his Viennese songs waltz? called like the this waltz, the well, that waltz? It's, yeah, there was, there were like so many like Waltz must yeah. be a German or Austrian word. Viennese, yeah, waltz. Yeah. Yeah. And so the dance itself. But then, like, yeah, there are, like, count, countless waltzes. And that's why, I, like, Julius is immediately heartened by the idea of yeah, waltzing. he's there. heard it's that like, music before. Yeah, he's like, oh, I know. One, two, three, one, I do like two, that. And he's like, one, two, three. I don't know. You don't, don't move your lips. Don't move your lips. Then he, like, starts gritting his teeth. One, two, three, one, two, three. He's like, no, no, don't, don't grind your teeth. You're grinding your teeth. Yeah, He's like to see if you can count without moving your lips. Do you get the feeling that Devito was like ad libbing all of this? 
It felt that way. It definitely felt that way. In the screenplay, there was a scene where they were like teaching him to dance, but I feel like the dialogue might have not been there. It, it to me seems so organic because even if you know, like let's just picture a world which this this was the case where Arnold's not a comedic actor; he's never done sure. this before, and then you're working alongside one of the best in the business. And he's who, like saying, like, improvise with me. And who better to put you at ease and to make that scene believable if you're a little stilted and... Yeah. I mean, the casting in that situation is brilliant. Well, they were it's playing to both of their strengths. Yeah, big time. It's like, you're, sti- you're, you're kind of stiff. You're not known for being funny, so you can be stiff in, like, the square. And then I'll... Don't worry, I'll talk you through it. Oh, uh, it's so good. It's so... Like... The DeVito is the heart and soul of this movie. <laughs> I like when he awesome. gets him. He gets him sort of dancing, you know, serviceably. He's like, there you go. You're not wrestling a boar 300 miles south-southwest of Fiji. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> so now it cuts to the honky-tonk where yeah. Julius, he seems to have the hang of it. He's dancing with Marnie. You got uh, Vincent dancing with Linda there. The dance scene is fucking insane. This is some grade A Honky tonk dancing music. It's a song "I'd Die for This Dance" by Nicolette Larson and fucking Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck on lead guitar. It's awesome. It's yes, so it is I'd good. Die for this dance. The whole like the synchronized routine they have going is blowing my mind. They're like, there's some groping going on. They're all choreographed. They're like when they send the girls off, and then Vincent Cr- and Julius are dancing with each other. Like, what would happen if you were there and you were witnessing this? Like, happening, or you'd be like, what? Who are these fucking people? I think that it would be like in a lot of other scenes in movies where most of the locals would be like, just sort of drinking heavily and just like either laughing or shaking their heads, being like, what the fuck? Yeah, they do. They, they're like thrusting their crotches and then the, the yeah, it's just weird. Um, but, you know. Oh, wait, and then things got, like, real sexy. Yeah. With Marnie and Julius. Like, the music slowed down. You got the Jeff Beck solo. I guess Julius is getting his first kiss, it seems like. Yeah, it's probably his first kiss ever if it wasn't for Moo Moo Lady. Yeah, unless he, like, (laughs) snuck one in the Cadillac. But I think they would have shown it if it had happened. Yeah, I think that this is his first kiss ever. Now they're back at the table over beers. Uh, How many pitchers of beer do you think they are in at this point? It looked like maybe three pitchers were there. Several, like, glasses are around. Julius is teaching them the history of beer. You and I are having a couple of beers. <laughs> That's right. Dos Equis. Amber yeah, you're, like keeping it, you're keeping it, uh, whatever. Well, Mexican. I did it with, with our shot of tequila earlier. I am sipping on one of my new favorites, Sweetwater's new hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Delicious. Yeah, check it out if you have access to that. Um, so beer is the third most consumed beverage in the world okay the third most the third most consumed beverage in the world all right wine okay Uh, water yeah okay i was thinking spirit alcohol all right okay so water beverage water milk Uh -uh. Mm. tea uh water tea and then beer my my next guess was going to be coffee okay That makes sense. You think about the tea drinking population of the world is huge. Most of Africa, most India, of China, China, yeah, China, yeah. yeah. crazy, and all you know, everywhere else. Everyone's got it figured out. Tea is where it's at. Yep. Um, 
So they're very impressed with Julius's beer knowledge. He's teaching them about how, like, the the Egyptians and the Middle East, like, you know, they invented the fermentation process and all this I stuff. I love my – he knows a lot about everything. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's into it. Yeah. So Julius, like, lamenting the fact that he's like, you know, I never had a beer before tonight. He's like, it's the story of my life. It's all theory, no practice. And then – Vincent is just like, well, we're going to change all that, aren't we, Marnie? Like, just implying, like, you guys are boning tonight. Marnie's like, yep. That's a, a weird dynamic where everyone at the table knows these two are, are fucking later. Yeah, we're going to fuck. It's going to be fine. <laughs> they know it's going down. So, this is weird. Julius asked, Marnie, am I shit-faced yet? <laughs> when it, that cracks everyone up, yeah, sure. the table's like laughing their ass off. Yeah, nothing's ever been funny. Um, Just to hear Julia say shit probably cracked them up. True. So Vincent says, you know, I got to go. My back teeth are floating, which is a, a <laughs> gross way to think about that. My mouth is full of urine. <laughs> just urine's backed all the way up. I've got to pee so bad, I've got piss in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he heads off to the bathroom. Julia's like, I got to go check if my back teeth are floating. Ugh. It follows him. Gross. Now we're in the bathroom. There's like the more synchronized action, synchronized urination. Yeah. It's weird. Julius is drunk. <laughs> like, he, all of their conversation so adorable, though. And like the pissing in the bathroom. He's like, I don't, I still, I don't know if Monty really likes me. Yeah, she's like, clearly dude, does. she is like one step away from fucking you at the table. <laughs> um, but yeah, Vincent points out she clearly does. Yeah. So. Vincent's like, you know, you're just nervous because it's your first time. Perfectly natural. What if your first time was going to be with Kelly Preston? <laughs> it wouldn't last long. I don't think it would last long. <laughs> but it'd be like 40-year-old virgin action. It'd be like two minutes later. Like, it's, you're ready to go And again. then you're going to do Age of Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So, uh, what, Julius asked Vincent, were you nervous your first time? I was like, are you kidding? I was 12 years old, and she was a nun. Talk about pressure. I love that. I love the way that that joke played uh, paid off. Like, yikes! Forty <laughs> minutes later, that's awesome. That's good writing. It's, it's it is also just like disturbing. Well, uh, a number being of a nun or a priest is hard. <laughs> yeah, it's not for everyone. Yeah, I love all the synchronized like washing and drying of hands and shit. Right during the scene. So I love. I also love the moment where Vincent opens up to him. You know, because yeah. he's been kind of like clo- playing it close to the vest. But he says, you know, ever since you've come into my life, things have just been getting better and better. And Julia says, I feel the same way. It's you ever, like you ever Aw. poured your heart out in the men's room. I don't think I've done it in the men's room. No, maybe you? in the hallway outside. I don't think it's ever been in the men's room. No. Yeah. You got a lot of beer flowing and like it, it lends itself to that. But oh, not there are all the kinds bathroom. of smells and other things. And, and <laughs> you don't want to pr- linger in the bathroom. Pr- no prying ears. Yeah. I do like, uh, yeah, Julia says, I feel the same way. He scoops him up and he's like, I just want to hug you and love you, love you, love you. And this, <laughs> the, the very disturbed uh, Native American patron walks oh, in just gosh, giving him yeah. the look. He's like, uh, he's my brother. <laughs> oh, okay. Weird. Yeah, right. So cool. now Linda and Marnie are back out at the table. We see the Clanes come walking into the oh, bar. Oh, fuck. Uh, Linda asked Marnie if she told anyone where they were going. And Marnie says, yeah, I, I told our boss. He's like, oh, by the way, yeah, we're, we're fired. fired. <laughs> Whoops. She's like, uh-oh. He's like, oh, you hated that job or whatever. It is fucking weird that the boss would tell some strangers that came in where to find them. They're, new, they're going to Santa Fe. Also, 
Santa Fe's not a small, small town. You think we're just sort of going clean, bar to bar? Where the clean's just like looking in every bar in Santa Fe that night? I gather that's probably what was happening. Wow. But would they go all the way to New Mexico over this? It's a, that's a lot of hard work to shake someone down and or kill someone. You're Why leaving, like, you just, don't you have other business stuff going on back in L.A.? I, guess maybe I don't know. If they stopped by his house and they'd gotten shut up by Webster. Right. They'd have that extra, made it personal. But it's still like, Jesus. That's a long way to go. But especially if two of your boys are shot up. Why yeah, they're you, on it's crutches. Like, it's yeah. Like you definitely should do this now instead of waiting. Anyway. Yeah. The claims approach. They say it's nice of your boss to tell us where we could find you. Hmm. And then, uh,. Two of the three, like, they corner the sisters there in the booth. Yeah, Bert and Bob trap the sisters in the booth. <laughs> now, Vincent and, and Julius return. Uh, the clans tell Vincent they don't like being shot. And he, you know, it comes as a surprise. A shot? Who shot you? Yeah. And then uh, Julius wants to know what it is. That, what do you want? He's like, we want to take Vincent outside and kill him. <laughs> Which, that's, that's a yeah. problem. Okay. <laughs> The third clane grabs Vincent. That's Morris again. Okay. <laughs> I do like Julius grabs Morris then. So don't touch him. And uh, the leader pulls a gun out and presses it into Marnie's ribs. This is... Uh, Julius goes sort of like into a trance. Yeah. He says, you've forgotten the second rule in a crisis yeah, situation. you moved too soon. You moved too soon. <laughs> the second rule in a crisis situation. If you choose to bluff, you must be prepared to have your bluff called. I like that, that Morris recognizes this. It's yeah, like start, the same kind of crazy shit he's Julius that was funny saying. Talk again. He's talking that funny talk again. He's like, this is no bluff. Sure it is. Right? He's not going to shoot Marnie in the middle of a crowded bar. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Okay. That's just my thing. But yeah, um, he says it's not a bluff. Then a couple of more gigantic Dude, step out yeah. and grab Julius. And these are, and these are some some favorites: Sven Hell Ole yeah. Thorson and Gus Rethswitch, aka fresh off, Buzzsaw, yeah, fresh off doing Running Man with yeah. Arnie. I know. I love that. Like Sven is his boy, and then yeah, he must have liked. Well, it's not easy to find guys that are bigger than Schwarzenegger, right? Right, so I guess more he, imposing, like standing on yeah. either side of him. Who could be six foot four and have forty pounds on him? I like just, there's not a lot of those dudes I, around. But, but but still, there's there's that element that it's like, as Arnold's picking his way through Hollywood, he's like, learning the names of people he knows and trusts, mm-hmm. and it's like I've spent time on screen with this person, and we got along really well. I like that uh, it humanizes them. So Julius, he like kicks into action. He disables. <laughs> Four of them in the blink of an eye. It's amazing. <laughs> it is fucking badass. <laughs> Vincent, uh, he delivers an elbow to the gut of Morris. Yeah. I think it is. He grabs the guitar and just busts it over Morris's head. The patrons in the bar love it. The band also seems okay with it. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> he just fucked up our, our guitar. Is that a Gibson? It's <laughs> a fucking Martin. Fuck, Jesus. <laughs> no, they're cool with it. Assault, carnage. <laughs> um... Yeah. I love the line Julius to Vincent. I love it when you hit people. Nice little callback. Yeah, to it's earlier great. in the movie. The twins and the girls, they get the hell out of there. That's right. People are just like dancing around the, the laid out claims. Movies are weird. <laughs> <laughs> no one's calling the cops. Totally. This is not Roadhouse <laughs> where, where there would have been a stop to that fight pretty quickly. Now, back at the motel, Julius is like setting up his little bed on the floor. Right. Uh... 
I feel like he's reminiscing about like what a great day it's been. He's like a child in that regard. He's like, we went to the zoo and we went to the store and we got some ice cream. He's like, we, we visited our birthplace and we, we bought new clothes and we danced the waltz and we got in a fight. It's so good. He's like, I thought your life just doesn't get any better than this. And Vince is like, oh, yes, it does. Wow. Uh-huh. Vincent's like, he's setting up a little romantic a, mood in the room, Yeah, there's too. a bottle of wine here, a good bottle of wine, he assures him. Yeah. So, yeah, Vincent says he's going to go tuck Linda in and read her a bedtime story. Don't wait up for me. Hot. <laughs> Vincent leaves. He's singing this, your night, bro. Tonight is your night, bro. It's your night, bro. Seconds later, there's a knock on the door. Right. Julius is like, oh, Vincent, you locked yourself out. Oh, what a knucklehead. He is very surprised to see Marnie, not Vincent, at the door. Shiba, shiba. <laughs> you got to feel like this was orchestrated with the knowledge of everyone except that's, for Julius. That's when I, like, did Marnie say to Vincent, like, I need you to make your, not that it would have need to be, like, we didn't need to have this conversation, but I want to bone him. <laughs> so can you please? I'm going to deflower him tonight. Oh my. Was that in the back of Marnie's mind this whole time? Like, I want to be his first. Mm, she wanted to pop his cherry. Yeah, but it's like, she has, to, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if things are different from when you're 18 or whatever until you're 35. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Some things have to remain constant, and that is yeah. that it's not going to be impressive. Probably not the first time is going to be a disaster. But then you and I have talked about if Julius has been born and bred and genetically engineered to be the perfect human being, is he preternaturally attuned to what women want and mm. what good lovemaking is. Kelly Preston offsets all of that. <laughs> like, if it was... Kelly Preston offsets all of that. Nothing... Yeah. No exposure to Moo Moo ladies like, can prepare you. Yeah, I for suppose that's true. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Now, back in the motel room... <laughs> Marnie. Marnie says to Julius, that Vincent and Linda wanted to be alone, so I guess I gotta sleep here tonight. Oh, um, no. She asks which bed she should take. You know, he says, oh, either one's fine because I'm going to be on the floor. Then she sort of just puts it on him. Like she presses up on him and kisses him. And then he, I, I fucking love it when a girl takes charge. <laughs> I got to say, I got to say. Um, but he awkwardly like slips past her and is like, oh, well, good there's night. this awkward good night. She's like, yeah, it's, she strips down to her little silky nighty. So she's like walking around outside and not a lot. Not a lot. It's cold in the desert at night. Yeah. Um, anyway. Julius, I feel like he's looking at her in the mirror. It's a little payback to that earlier scene. And flexing his pecs. Yeah. Um, she strikes a pose on the bed and gets his attention by you, like telling him good night. pose? Yeah. Uh, we talked earlier about what's the best a person has ever looked on film. <laughs> and this might be the moment. It's, yeah, her in the Cadillac earlier in the movie or this moment is like, what is happening? Ten-year-old Kevin or however old I was when I was checking this out on HBO, I didn't, I didn't understand why <laughs> this made me feel some feelings. You're, I didn't know what it was, but this was like it. Millennia of, of, of human preservation were... Every instinct in my body was telling me alive in you. I like this. <laughs> I don't know why I, I need like to this. perpetuate the species. I like this. <laughs> Visually, I like this. <laughs> I love that she says, Julius. Good night. Good night. Yeah, she's like, again, he's just poor, awkward, hopeless Julius. It's like, good night. And plops down. And like, they're both just clearly frustrated. Um, 
Julius is laying on there on the floor. I feel like he like smothers himself yeah, on covered, a pillow. He, pu- he pulls the pillow over his head. Marnie is like in bed just waiting for whatever is supposed to happen to happen, I but it's not happening. That she sort of takes action. Oh no! What's the matter? This bed is lumpy. It sounds <laughs> like a fucking like. This bed is lumpy. It's like old school. It's like it sounds like a '30s or '40s movie star. Or like um, fucking Lana Del Rey, like the way she sings on songs, just this old-fashioned. Yeah, sort of it's it's a it's very affectation. much an affectation. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's asking you, know, do you mind if I share the floor with you? Uh, good for Marnie. Yeah. Um, so she plops down there, they kiss, and then it's just on. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, what, what do I do now? She's <laughs> well, like. Well, We'll figure it out. She knows <laughs> what's that, up. He has to know the mechanics, right? Even if it's yeah. from books. Yeah. Okay. I think that he's just, he is. He knows where it goes. He is, he is a gentleman, though. He doesn't know. He, he doesn't know. He doesn't like, want to presume. Like, he, he has no, no experience with consent, with, like, he says he has the utmost respect for women. And so yeah. he wouldn't just yeah. charge in. He, I, I appreciate the fact that he'd be like. He's probably waiting for cues from her to be comfortable sure. and stuff like that. And she's like, we got this. He's also like a, he's a fucking beast. Yeah. He's probably like, I don't want to just destroy you without your, <laughs> without knowing that you're into it. I literally smush you under my weight. <laughs> so over in Vincent and Linda's room, Vincent gets some late, like some late night workout. All you do is some sit-ups and push-ups push and some ups. leg raises. Yeah, he's like... I love that whole shit. His count is like, he's counting like 75, 76. <laughs> it's like, I don't think that, yeah. I like uh, Linda telling him like, you look really good. <laughs> he's like, you're right. What am I worried about? Is Linda the best girlfriend ever? I love that where he's like, you're right. What am I worried about? I'm like, I don't know. You got it all. <laughs> she is, Aww. she is way too good for him. She's so supportive. And yeah. so out of his league. Yeah. I've been in that situation too. I fucked it up, but But it's, it's so just sad like, for like him to be thinking, What if she's disappointed in me? What if my mom's yeah. disappointed in me? Well he admits, right? He's nervous about it. He's like he's like, What if you know what if she Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Especially like he hasn't led the best life up mm-hmm. till now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess yeah, he's self conscious about all that stuff. So Linda's like so encouraging. Yeah, she's the best girlfriend in history. I would say. <laughs> um, she suggests I do like out of maybe, nowhere. Maybe she was buttering him up because she, she was drunk. <laughs> she suggests that they move in together when they get back to Los Angeles. And oh. Vincent's just very like he gets spooked. He's like, oh no 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 no. He's like not. She's like not no 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 no. He's like yeah. He doesn't like it. He's trying to talk her out of it. Um. He, she's the best he could ever hope for. Yeah. I think. Far and away. She doesn't mind that he's kind of a dirtbag. Right. That he's like <laughs> got a very promiscuous past exactly. or present, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do, maybe there's like some, maybe reverse psychology is like part of Vincent's game. But I do like, she's like, I don't want to get married. And it's not that I want to keep track of you because right. I don't need to. I just want to live with you because I think it'd be fun. That's sweet. I do like, he's like, do I look like someone that can play house? He's like, you know, I'm grumpy in the morning. I'm, I'm moody in the afternoon. I'm, it's like, I'm miserable. So I know how you are. I know how you are. Yeah. yeah. It's a sweet moment. Um, he's like, well, look, tomorrow I'm taking my best girl to meet my mom. And she's like, your best girl? He's like, yeah, you. You. There's no other girls. Not, Not anymore. anymore. 
she that is back, awesome. She's like, she's like, good. You know why? Because I only have eyes for you. Oh, and he's like, oh, you, you like that song. And the music sort of, yeah, the song fades she in. <laughs> They're going to get down to it. Now, back in the other room, Julius and Marnie both seem quite satisfied. Yeah. Uh, she's smoking, which is movie for that was good. That was good. And she looked good doing it, too. And smoking is like inherently not the most attractive thing to me. I, I read um, I read a, a thing in the time today. Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. The actor is talking about his performance in um, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. But yeah, talking about it. talking about how he how he wanted to be able to smoke authentically because he would watch people's performances and be like, that person's not a real smoker. Okay. Watching Kelly Preston, I was like, that looks real. She, it's like what? she's comfortable smoking this here. Yeah, it wasn't her first time, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I was always, I used to be fascinated by how long the shot lingered with Arnold without him blinking. <laughs> and I, awesome. I just looked at it earlier today because I was like, in my mind, it was like a minute. And it was like, it was 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. It was literally 10 seconds. Still, That's not long at all. Job. But he is like, I mean, I, you know, I know that feeling too. And, uh, utter bliss. Yeah, it's amazing. So that I think that's a good that's a good capper to this episode. Yeah, we'll get to all the action. The, 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 the exciting conclusion. The exciting conclusion next week. The splitting of the embryo, as it were. <laughs> I guess I don't know. All right, see you guys later. We'll be back. 